0: While they were here doing fantastic stuff, it didn't feel like home until they found some more Black folk.
1: She said she was on a bike ride. (laughs) She said she was on a bike ride and she'd come home. And she said to Ben excitedly, I know where there are Black people. And you know, it's funny. But it's sad. But it's heartbreaking. Welcome to season three of Evanston Rules. In this special episode, Ron and I are switching seats with one of our good friends and favorite guests from season one, Judge Larry Axelrood. Larry has asked us some questions about how we got to where we are today and where we see ourselves going and growing. We hope through sharing the life experiences of our community and beyond that we have encouraged others to look deeper, see different perspectives, and feel inspired to put equity into action. Hi, welcome to Evanston Rules. I'm Larry Spell, And I'm Ryan Whitmore. We thought it might be a good time to reintroduce ourselves, talk about Evanston Rules, what we're doing, where we came from, where we're going, where we hope to go. There are more listeners who maybe don't know that much about us. And we have one of our favorites, Larry Axelrod,
2: Judge Larry Axelrood.
1: Who was in season one and a favorite for many. Thanks, Larry, for coming here and talking to us.
2: Well, I'm very excited to be here. I feel like I was in, not quite on the ground floor, but early on. You must have had a vision for Evanston Rules. And at this point, starting your third year, how do you feel like you your vision matches up to how Evanston Rules has evolved?
0: The vision originally was to sit down with folk and have conversations about our hometown, to give voice to the voiceless and hear stories that haven't been heard, while challenging not only ourselves, but challenging Evanson to live up to what it says Evanson is, which is this great diverse community where everybody is getting along. And as you know, Larry, coming up in Evanston, it was a great place. We had an opportunity to integrate and be involved, whether it was through sports or whether it was through academics, with all kinds of people.
1: We just had our 40th reunion two years late. And it was kind of incredible to go and be around some people I certainly hadn't seen in more than 40 years. And we had a nice group of folks from Dewey and it felt like home. So they were asking about Evanston Rules. They were excited about it. They said, let's do a Dewey episode. Let's do a Dewey episode.
0: Well, they were excited because they heard the episodes, right? So they've been following us and they've been listening and it was good to hear some synergy from people that you haven't seen in a long time that are really paying attention to what you're doing. And I think Evanston Rules is doing that for a lot of folks.
2: Do you think Evanston Rules has been cathartic to you personally, or do you think it's been more impactful in the community?
0: Both. I think, from my perspective, I always say, as an educator, I'm a lifelong learner. So, you know, having conversations with people helps me learn a lot more about them and helps me really continue to believe in the possibilities of Evanston. I think Evanston still has a lot of work. While most people that we interview celebrate the good, we still understand that there's food deserts. We understand that there's still inequity in education. We understand that black people are leaving the community at alarming numbers. It was 40 some percent when you and I and Larisse were in high school. And now it's down to 16% and dwindling. Communities are being gentrified. So, you know, while there's still a lot of great things that are happening in Evanston, there's still a lot of work to do around diversity, equity, inclusion, and access for all.
1: I would say it's very interesting when people listen. People often find what resonates for them. Oh, how well we got along. People often want to remember the good. And the interesting piece here is, the Black folks remember the pain. They remember the tough times. The white folks we have on and Rules remember the tough times. There's a reason that you're on and we're not looking to try to convince someone of something. But Black folks remember the pain often. They remember the good times too, but they can remember when they were left out of something or when it was difficult to get into an AP class or when certain friends didn't make it through because of difficulties that might have been addressed very differently had they not been Black. Often the white listeners will hear something that's a feel-better moment. Aha, we are good people. We are in this space that's better. And then, of course, there's another set of white people and Black people who say, man, we didn't know that. We really have learned something new and why certain things might have happened the way they did. And man, that is not good. It makes us think differently, especially when we have young people like Talking Whiteness on Central who aren't that old. They're in their 20s and they relate experiences that were very similar to ours. In terms of my own feelings about what we've done and what Evanston Rules has been, it's been so much better. Has it been cathartic? I mean, as we edit, sometimes it's just real hard to hear it. Sometimes it's hard to hear it because these are our people. And when we recognize the pain that isn't just ours, that isn't just theirs, that isn't just our cities, it's really very difficult because it's like, you know, they say the more things change, the more they stay the same. I'd say, no, the more things change, the more they seem to be going backwards. But
0: you know what, too, there are those of us that have stayed the same in terms of our ability to integrate and have relationships, right? Dennis Oglesby always says, CPC, consistency, presence, and commitment. There are those of us that have stayed true to who we are in spite of our success, in spite of our failures, in spite of our ups and or downs. And I think that's the beauty in how we've reconnected through Evanston rules, right? When we talk about Evanston having an opportunity to live up to its creed, that's what we're talking about, because there's something magical about the people that aren't afraid to keep it real with each other, in spite of what hue you may be.
1: And, and, and speaking of all of us who've been around for a while, there are people who are new to the city, who are invigorating the city, who come in and do new and do right, that keeps it going. We had Ben and Melissa Blunt on the podcast, they're native Detroiters. But man, they've come into Evanston and done righteous stuff consistently. But they
0: also were wondering where the black folk were.
1: (laughs) Melissa said when they came, they were like, we don't know where any black people are.
0: Right, so while they were here doing fantastic stuff, It didn't feel like home until they found some more black folk.
1: She said she was on a bike ride. (laughs) She said she was on a bike ride and she'd come home. And she said to Ben excitedly, I know where there are black people. And, you know, it's funny. But it's sad. But it's heartbreaking, right?
2: We had a startling moment when I was on an episode as a guest. I think I was asked, do you see color? And I said, yeah, absolutely, I see color. And I think anyone that tells you otherwise is... is uh, Full of shit. Yeah, I was going to say it in a more polite way. But I think that it was startling to me because if you can't accept the obvious and work with what you see, then you're never going to have a honest, legitimate conversation. And I think that one of the things about... Evanston rules is you're pushing that conversation and requiring people to face what's going on and I think that there's a lot of polite somewhat benign neglect where people uh, interact and then they go back to their respective homes and that's the extent of where they are and I don't think Ronnie's talking about someone goes into corporate America and they change. I think that one of the things that I see in Evanston rules is, is facing that confronting that saying, okay, what's your level of commitment? And do you feel that you have that mandate with Evanston rules?
1: Well, I think that you've known this one next to me for a long time. And he sets things up and he's going to stay the course in terms of getting the answers, the stories, and not uh, sitting back and letting things go unsaid. Fight the power. I want people to be thoughtful. I want people to think before they speak, before they act, and I want them to continue to do so. It's not a one-time event. It's not a once a year show. It's a, something where you brush your teeth, you get out of bed, you eat breakfast, you act right. Evanstonians, I think, in many ways, have gotten to skate along in many ways because so many people have the story of I was on my mom's and dad's shoulder. We did marches. And I'm thinking, okay, now that you have, what have you done? The history does not put you in a safe zone. What have you done? What have you taught your children? What have you done on a daily basis to push forward equity? so that we are not just 50 years later getting a dog on school in a fifth ward. So we wrestle with these problems, but yet here we are on a call with you. Here we are, we've met Ben and Melissa Blunt, we've talked to Nancy Glick, we had Bob Lamey, we had Dino Robinson, we had Hecky Powell. We've had a lot of people who are informed and interested in wanting to make a difference. We had Greg Kleiber when he got off of the buses when he was a kid. He didn't understand why black kids were being in. Now, some people will say that was 50 years ago.
0: I would submit everybody that we've had on our podcast has been a consistent impact player in what they've done.
2: Do you think there's a difference between somebody who comes to Evanston later in life and someone who has, has grown up in Evanston?
1: Yes and no. Evanstonians have a sense of it's ours and I know that Evanstonians have a hard time accepting new people. How long have you been here? Who was your mother? Who was your father? Who was your grandfather? Who was your grandmother? There are people who've been here for generations and they are ingrained in the community. They understand the community. They know how to help people in the community. There are people who are new to the community who are doing the same thing. I think it should be the right of someone if they come in and they have good work to do, to do the doggone work. A lot of people come into Evanston and they think, Oh, what a wonderful place. It is a wonderful place in many ways, but it's not without its problems. And it's not without an extraordinarily dwindling black population, which concerns the heck out of
2: me. I've tried to instill in my kids the idea that you have to show up. And I think that there are some communities where you don't have to show up. And do you think that Evanston requires you to show up at a significantly higher level than some other community?
1: I don't think that Evanston requires that you show up any more than any other place, actually. I really don't. I mean, you can see the problems when people don't show up.
0: I would submit that people show up regardless of where you are when they understand the benefit for them when they've been enfranchised as opposed to disenfranchised. I submit people show up when they feel a sense of equity in action, when they feel a a sense of inclusivity, right? I think that people are engaged and participate when they see relevance in their participation.
2: So you have a, a, a couple that moves to Evanston. They're white. They're from someplace, Minnesota. You meet them and they say, well, tell me about the community. What do you want them to understand?
0: I would say Evanston's a great place to live. It's a diverse community, but it's got a lot of work to do around equity and access and cultural relevance. One of my fraternity brothers moved to North Evanston and has by far the biggest house on the block. And it's funny, he tells me a story about... They wait till he's not around and they charge his wife up. What do you do for a living? What does your husband do for a living? He wonders, and I tend to agree, because he's a big dude. They're like, he's gotta be a professional athlete of some sort, right? Couldn't be an engineer, couldn't be a doctor, couldn't be an entrepreneur. Couldn't
1: be a politician.
0: Right, but it's funny how they ask those questions about who he is. And those questions aren't about acceptance. Those questions are about, do we value who you are and what you do? Not welcome to our community.
1: We started having conversations with groups of people. Larry, you've been part of it where we talk about education. We've read books. We've discussed the books. We've asked people about their own personal experiences. And I think one of the hardest things, really, and one of the things that really stops us from moving forward is that people don't want to own that their privilege has changed the game. Then they don't want to acknowledge why someone might have been angry growing up. They were just mean. They don't want to understand how unbalanced the scales have been and continue to be with opportunities. And it's one thing to feel that way when you're a kid because you don't always see everything because maybe you have your own experience of dysfunction at home. But when you grow up and you don't take the time to understand and see, so we talk to people, people are very open and honest and share their experiences about trying to do things differently, think differently, see differently and do it every day. We're having another group that we'll meet with in mid-December, where we'll get together and we'll have conversations. And I believe that if we can have more of those, that will really help.
0: We are building a community where people can talk and share and feel comfortable in their skin.
1: And part of the idea for Evanston Rules, though it started with a podcast, was to be a community initiative. A community initiative that could do better, be better, don't talk about it, be about it, equity and action again. It guides so much of what we do. Ron Whitmore's statement, three simple words, equity and action. And those things come from the conversations, from the reunion and with the reunion where we didn't charge because we wanted everybody to be able to come. But we asked those who could donate to donate. We raised about seven dollars or $8,000 for Chef Q, who at that time, at the height of the pandemic, was feeding people in the Fifth Ward, which was a designated food desert. People who couldn't go to work, people who couldn't get out of the house. And when we aired Dino Robinson's episode, Dino founded Shorefront, we were able to raise $30,000 for Dino and for Shorefront, which was so important to us because Shorefront does the work of collecting Black history, collecting and preserving along the North Shore, the disappearing Black community along the North Shore. We have founded a scholarship and our dear friend Doria D. Johnson's name, Doria, died in 2018. Doria was a historian, a powerful person who has a story that was amazing about her great-great-grandfather who was lynched in Abbeville, South Carolina, because he was a successful businessman and people didn't want that. She went to the Senate in 2005 and was part of having apologies issued. They put a big old plaque outside of that courtroom in Abbeville, and she loved that people had to walk by and see that plaque every day.
0: We, we raised $10,000 for two kids that are going to HBCUs from ETHS. So we at Evanston Rules are living the equity and action we're talking about. We're not just talking about it. We're doing something. We're helping the disenfranchised. We're helping organizations that are giving back to our community that happened to be pro-Black, right? When I grew up, Larry, I knew where a Black grocery store was. I knew where several filling stations were where I could go get gas or get my car worked on. I knew where Robinson Bus Company was, one of the richest guys in Evanston. I knew where Foster Center was that supported Black kids. I mean, there that, that was something vibrant That was happening in the Black community where the dollar was circulating six and seven times. That was remarkable, right? So we at Evanston Rules are making sure that we're creating choices for people through our ability to raise funds and give back to the community.
2: So what goals are you seeking to accomplish in your third year?
0: We're going to continue to do this golf outing and it's going to be even bigger and better. We want to try to make sure that we not only add two more students to the scholarship, but that we also are able to provide our two original scholarship recipients with additional funds for them to continue to attend their HBCU. We wanna to continue to raise money for Shorefront, a valuable entity in Evanston that tells the history of Black people on the North Shore. And we want to continue to just have real conversations to help all Evanstonians Think about the Evanston that can be. The Evanston that we say we love, the Evanston that we come back to, the Evanston that we brag on.
2: You had an event at an art center and you had me speak. And I want to thank you because my son came to that. And after meeting a bunch of people there and hearing stories and having interactions with this diverse group, that allowed the two of us to have a long overdue conversation that was very helpful in my relationship with my son. So I wanna thank you because you provided the framework for that. But
1: Larry, it was all there. Sometimes our children see us in different lights in different spaces, but that's part of it too. It's not just for others, it's sometimes within our own homes. And Ronnie often says, What do you think you're gonna save the world? And no, but I will doggone try. And part of me being able to do that is telling the stories and listening more than telling the stories, it's listening to the stories that, that people tell us, because it's not just that we're teaching or imparting information. We're learning every single time we speak to someone.
0: And we're going to continue. I mean, everybody listening should continue to expect us to tell the truth. We're asking the questions about who founded Evanston in who founded Northwestern and who, who is, is
1: Francis Willard.
0: And who is John Evans, right? And so we're gonna keep telling the truth unapologetically. We had a person through social media start giving us advice about how we should do our podcast. And I responded and said, well, I would want to thank you for your comment, but I have a couple suggestions for you. Start your own podcast and you can interview whoever you want, how you want. And the most important advice I can give you is don't listen anymore. Because we're not changing because you feel uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> so, so there's this quote, Larry, by Pastor Martin Niemoller, and it reads, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak up because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. We've got to speak up. We've got to use our voices and have the voices be heard to impart change.
0: We would like to thank our friend and special guest, Larry Axelrood, for helping us kick off season three of Evanston Rules. Laurice and I are so grateful for the outpouring of support for our work. We continue to have conversations that are honest and focus on the reality of how the inequities of race have shaped our community. We would love to hear your comments so that we can continue to make a difference with our original goal of making Evanston the best and most inclusively diverse community it can be. Evanston Rules can be found at EvanstonRules.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and through our partnership with The Roundtable, featuring past episodes. For Lurie's Bell, I'm Ryan Whitmore. Thanks for listening to Evanston Rules. We appreciate your support. Listen to